What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoop Heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Man, that was a really tough way to lose a game. Um, the Wizards ended up just losing to the Boston Celtics, um, 111 to 110. The Wizards were up by like six points late in the game. And they just couldn't hang on, um, and they lost. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to find the win probability here. So ESPN, um, their win probability model had the Wizards at a 93.5% chance of winning with two minutes and 39 seconds left, um, as the Wizards were up by six with that much time, and they ended up losing. They were up um, 110 to 105 uh, with 47 seconds left, and ESPN's win probability model had them. Um, at a 90.7% chance of winning, and obviously uh, they end up losing the game. Um, so I definitely want to go over what happened in the past uh, like minute and a half. Um, so I guess the first thing to talk about is um, like minute 16 seconds left is when I really, really started taking um, notes about what was going on because I realized that this is actually going to be a close game. Um, so the Celtics uh, went zone, um, and they're their zone was really, really extended towards Bradley Beal. Um, so Robin Lopez kind of just slipped into the, into the middle of the lane, um, caught a pass, and of course, <laughs> like what else would he do? He shot a hook shot, um, and he made it. So at that point, there's one in, one minute and 16 seconds left. That put the Wizards up by three points. Um, usually if you're up by three points that late in the game, you have a pretty good chance of winning. Obviously, um, they didn't. But So after that, the um, Celtics came down really quickly. Um, they love running that double screen for Kemba Walker, like a double drag. Um, he got into the paint, but uh, really good defense from Lopez and drop uh, situation. And um, incredible job by Neto to get that rebound. Um, it w- it, he like tipped it away from Tristan Thompson, who's a great offensive rebounder. Um, and the Wizards ended up grabbing uh, the ball. Um, and they had time like to take off. It was 
At that point, there was like a minute and five seconds left. The Wizards just got the rebound, um, and they're up by three points. So you let the clock tick down as much as possible. Um, and then at that point, that was a play where the Celtics sent a really hard double at Beal because Beal was absolutely killing them. At that point, he had 44 points. He was playing out of his mind. Unbelievable. Um, I'll talk about him, I guess, in a moment. But um, So he passed the ball off, and he realized eventually the ball swung around to the wing. He realized that I should just cut to the basket here. Why would I need the ball in my hands if they're just going to double me? So he cut to the basket really hard, got the ball, and got a layup. Um, and just an incredible play by Bradley Beal. He's so good without the ball. something I talked about a lot more earlier in the season. Um, but I'm, Celtics, like Stevens called a timeout. I'd imagine he absolutely ripped into his team after that. Like they were game planning. So like they're, they're changing their scheme so much at the end of the game to guard Bradley Beal and to give him a layup with less than a minute left to that, that must've killed him. Like, um, so yeah, so after that, um, uh, there's about, so with about 30, 40 seconds left in the game, um, Tatum came off a kind of like handoff. Like he started the play in the backcourt. He ran up in the front court. Um, ball was into Tice. Tice gave the little handoff to um, Tatum. He came off um, a handoff and then he um, came off a screen and he just went downhill, um, got a really, really easy layup. Um, Davis Bertans was on the weak side. He was guarding Semi Ojale. <laughs> so it's not like he was guarding like Duncan Robinson or Steph Curry over there. Um, that was his help and he didn't help. It was a single tag on the weak side. Like I know it's a hard situation, but he didn't even look over at Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum got a wide open layup um, and that was really, really bad. Um, but that cut the lead to three. Uh, if you had the ball and you're up three with 40 seconds left, you're still in a pretty good place. Um, so Wizards just dribbled the ball out. They let time take off the clock. As the clock ran down, they started extending their defense out to Bradley Beal. He found uh, Russell Westbrook wide open in the corner for a three, and Westbrook missed. It was a wide open look. I mean, it was late in the clock. I don't really want to, like, that's not the shot you want at all, obviously, but, like, he had to shoot it, and he caught the ball. I can't really blame him too much for that. I guess I'd say, like, Beal, you just got to gotta shoot it. Um, in that situation, but um, still 20 seconds left in the game. You're winning by three points, so you're still in good shape. Um, so after that, um, Tatum got a layup with 15 seconds left. Oh, this was the one that was a handoff um, from Daniel Tice. The last one was a handoff from, I don't remember, someone else. Um, but so handoff from Daniel Tice, um, Beal, or Tatum got the ball on the perimeter. Um, Lopez was extended towards the three-point line, as he should be, because in that situation, you're up by... Uh, three points you cannot let the other team make a three so if they make a layup you're still in really really good shape you're inbounding the ball um you're up by one point you're good um so really smart play by robin lopez just to extend himself all the way up to the three-point line yes tatum drove right by him um bonga brought really really good help from the weak side tatum just made a ridiculous layup uh with 15 seconds left and that pushed the, to cut the lead to one so it's 110 109 the wizards are up 15 seconds left all you have to do is inbound the ball and let them foul right um, so the Wizards inbound the ball. Beal catches the ball really close to the sideline. And the Celtics hard double. They don't foul right away, which is really, really smart. Um, Neto, both Neto um, and um, Westbrook didn't come to the ball to show Beal enough help. And Scott Brooks saved his timeout. He didn't call his timeout um, in that situation. So um, Beal, he was in a tough spot. He slipped, and he stepped out of bounds. But 12 seconds left, the, <laughs> the Celtics got the ball back after Beal stepped out of bounds. They're down by one point. Um and they have a play to win the game. Um, so on the inbound, they struggled to get it in. Um, they barely got it in. It, it's kind of crazy um, how it all worked out. Um, but the way it worked out, um, I think it was Peyton Pritchard got the ball. He threw it in to Jason Tatum, just a simple mid-post iso from the left side of the court. Um, if you're facing the basket, uh, Tatum was 
um, just faced up, uh, went to the layup. Rui was late on the help, and he hit the layup with four seconds left. And the thing I will say on that is that Bradley Beal was guarding Jason Tatum on that set. I have no idea why that would possibly be. Like, you have Isak Bonga on your team, on the court. Like, they subbed him in for a reason. To, and the reason should have been to guard Jason Tatum. Why would you have Beal? Beal is listed at 6'3". He has a pretty good wingspan. He Tatum is like, what, 6'7", six, 6'8"? Six, He's huge. He's strong. And Bonga did an incredible job on him all game when he was on him. Like, you got to have Bonga on Jason Tatum in that situation. It was too easy for him to get to the cup and get a lip. And again, Rui was late on the help. If you help, like, you can't let Tatum, like, did you? Okay, so what I'll say is um, every time Beal had the ball and came off the screen or just was dribbling out on the perimeter, the Celtics sent a hard double. They're going to say, you guys are going to play four on three basketball. And if you're going to win the game playing four on three, that's fine. We'll, we'll accept that as long as Beal doesn't beat us. That's what the Wizards should have done with Tatum. Like you, they have Semi Ojale on on the floor. They have um, like Javante Green, like Peyton Pritchard. Like if if you lose a game because Peyton Pritchard hits a shot or Semi Ojale hits a shot, that's completely different than losing a game because Tatum makes a layup. You cannot let Tatum make a layup. If you're Hachimura, you have to be better than that in that situation. That was bad. Um, then like again, like Isak Bonga was there for like helping the helper. Um, Bonga was there to help out Rui. Rui just has to be there a step earlier to help and not let Tatum make that layup. Um, and the, again, I don't think that was a good coaching decision. Like Tatum just operate by himself in an ISO, just playing like you got it. You can't let him do that. Um, especially if he has such a matchup advantage against Bradley Beal, you have to send help early. You have to double. You have to do something to get the ball out of his hands. Make Semi Ojale or Peyton Pritchard beat you. Um, don't let Jason Tatum beat you, who had. 29 points at that point, and then push it to 31. Um, but the Wizards were still fine. They had a timeout left. They called a timeout five seconds left. They advanced the ball uh, to the front court, and the play they ran, they got Beal. Um, it was like the same play that they ran for uh, for Beal against the Nuggets, where he set a back screen and then came off a um, pin down and curled it. Um, got the ball in the corner. Uh, Celtics sent a hard double, exactly what the Wizards should have done against Jason Tatum. Um, Beal had nowhere to go, but he wasn't going to pass out. Like Beal was absolutely insane the whole entire game. He shouldn't have passed out. It was an 18-foot fadeaway jump shot, a really, really tough one, and he barely missed. Uh, he missed a little bit left, but he had an incredible night. Uh, I'm not going to blame him at all for taking that shot because um, he's the guy who should have taken it, and he just missed. Um, and that was the game. Wizards lost 111-110. So... Um, just to go over some of the top line numbers, um, pulling up the box score because I was looking at the win probably. Bradley Beal ended the game with a plus two and a one point loss with 46 points. Um, and those 46 points came on 35 shooting possessions. So that is absolutely incredible efficiency. Um, just incredible night for him. He was scoring all over the place. The Celtics could not stop him. Um, they didn't have their guy who I would love to see guard Bradley Beal. Uh, we'll, I'll get into that later, but they they just didn't know what to do against him. Uh, Westbrook was Westbrook-like. Um, he was minus 12 on the night, um, and that's because the units without Beal uh, with Westbrook are just so awful. Um, 24 points for him on 24 shooting possessions, not very efficient. Um, it's kind of the story. He had five turnovers, four fouls, minus 12, as I said, 11 rebounds and four assists from him. So, you know, eh. uh, mixed bag from Westbrook. At times, he looked really, really good at uh, but a majority of the time, he did not look good at all. Um, Bertans looked good again tonight. Um, his resurgence has been fun, just like finally getting into game shape at this point. Um, he had 20 points, was plus 10 on the night. Um, five for nine from three, five for five with the free throw line. Really, really strong game from him. Um, Robin Lopez, solid game from him. 10 points, who was plus 14 on the night. Um, three rebounds, four for four from the field. Like, you can't really ask much more out of your backup center. 
um, and Bonga was awesome. Um, Bonga literally scored zero points. Um, he was 0 for 5 from three-point. All of them were just wide open, catch and shoot, like corner threes. And he was just awesome tonight, like just playing defense. He was rotating every single time. I think so. The only I saw him miss one rotation. He was a little bit late on a Robert Williams um, pick and roll, and then Robert Williams got a dunk out of that. But that was like the only time where I said, "Oh, he was late on that." Um, he was awesome. Like he guarded Tatum. Uh, he switched on a Kemba Walker really, really well, which is something I didn't expect out of him. He had an incredible game. He was plus eight in 16 minutes, and he should 100 million percent be in the rotation, as I've been saying for a million years now. Um, yeah, those were pretty much all the Wizards' notable performances. I guess Garrison Matthews didn't play that much. Uh, he was minus 15. He had zero points. Hachimura was really, really rough tonight. He had two points on five shots, minus one. Um, and Mo Wagner wasn't very good either. Only played 13 minutes, was minus 12, was zero points. Um, looking at the Celtics uh, players, Jason Tatum was really, really good tonight, um, especially uh, in that fourth quarter to close the game out. He won the game for that team. Um, 31 points was plus 13 on the night in a one-point win. Um, 12 for 22 from the field. Um, those 31 points came on 24 shooting possessions, so really efficient night from him. Eight rebounds, three assists. Kemba Walker, um, he was solid at the beginning and then kind of tailed off towards the end, but overall solid night for him, 21 points. Um, on 7 to 17 shooting, uh, 4 or 5 of the line. So 21 points coming on um, 19 and a half shooting possessions. So not super efficient, but you know, solid enough. He was plus four. Daniel Tice was good with 20 points, um, 8 for 11 from the field, 3 for 6 from the free throw line. So 20 points coming on, what is that, 14 shooting possessions. Um, but again, he's a center. Those shots, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Tice. And those are pretty much all the significant Celtics performances. Um, just to go over a little bit of the four factors and um offensive rating so oh this is pretty interesting um so they match each other in terms of um points per possession like offensive rating they're both at 107.8 which is something i haven't seen all season long um the celtics uh beat out the wizards a little bit in effective field percentage 52.8 to 50.6 um turnover percentage celtics turned the ball over about five percent more of their possessions um, free throw rate, uh, Wizards got to line about 10% more than Celtics did. And then offensive rebound rate um, looks like it's the difference just by looking at the four factors. Um, Celtics got 34% of the available offensive rebounds and the Wizards got 17.4%. Um, and 34% is an incredibly high number. Uh, that's in the 91st percentile. And that is a product of having guys like Tristan Thompson, Daniel Tice, uh, Time Lord, uh, those types of guys in rotation, even like um, Graham Williams for a second, like Tatum got some rebounds. Um, so those are the types of guys that We'll get you a ton of rebounds. Um, so uh, in terms of, I got to think about what I want to talk about first. I guess I got to talk about Bradley Beal. Um, that dude is just so good. Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't even want to say, like, he is so good at driving the Wizards offense. The Wizards offense looks terrible without him. And with him, they look really, really solid. Like, not just solid. They, they're they good. Like, they're legitimately good offensively. Um, with Bradley Beal on the floor. I'm trying to pull up some numbers of uh, Wizards offense with Bradley Beal on the floor. Um, lineups. But his ability to make shots off the dribble, his ability to work in isolation, it, he is tough to guard um, the way he changes speed. I saw someone on Twitter today talk about how um, Bradley Beal, um, he doesn't necessarily jump high, but he jumps like so far, like he jumps so long um, that when he gets into the rim, he can finish really, really well. Um, and I thought that was a pretty interesting point. Like, I didn't really think about that before, but like watching the game, looking for it, like I definitely noticed that. Like he jumps like so far, but he doesn't jump high. But when he jumps far, it makes it hard for the bigs to time the blocks because he jumps further than most guys do. And that was a really interesting point. Um, and again, just shooting off the dribble is so hard to guard um, because it really draws the bigs up to level the screens. But then Bradley Beal has improved his handle so much to where 
Like he has a lot of moves that if a big, and he's also really good with change of pace. So if a big comes up to the level of the screen, he just blows right by them and he's really good at finishing at the rim. Um, lineups with Bradley Beal um, on offense are, have an offensive rating of 115, which is really, really good. Um, while I'm on this um, page, I want to look at lineups. I want to do an update. I haven't, I did this a couple weeks ago, but I want to update it now. Um, after watching how terrible that lineup was with Westbrook and without Beal. Um, so lineups with Westbrook and without Beal have a point differential of minus 11.6. Their offensive rating is 97.7, which is in the first percentile, which is God awful. That's terrible. Um, so, and the eye test proves it. The Wizards need to find a secondary shot creator. Like, um, who is creating shots efficiently? Like, who's driving efficient offense on this team besides Bradley Beal? Like, no one. Um, Bradley Beal was a plus in this game, and he played 39 minutes. So in the nine minutes that Bradley Beal was off, the Wizards lost by three points. Um, that actually seems a lot lower than I would have thought it was, but, like, you need more creation than just Bradley Beal. Russell Westbrook has not been a source of efficient offense all season long, um, and he needs to get to that. But then after that, like, you need another guy that can dribble. Is it going to be, like, Neto? Like, Neto can kind of create, but, like, he's more out there just to be a pest defensively and is capable of hitting a shot like Obdia like we haven't really seen like he's a rookie so I'm I don't want to trash Obdia so I guess I won't uh, I won't talk about Obdia but like Rui hasn't been able to do anything like he did nothing in this game um I don't the Wizards just need more juice um than just Bradley Beal um I can't I don't know what else to say than that um yeah so I guess I definitely want to talk about some of the um shot chart stuff um from the Wizards, uh, because it was interesting because they, the last few games they've been getting into the paint uh, really, really, really well. And this game, it wasn't like that. Um, they got there 14 times and they finished um, 11 of them. So they're 11 for 14, which is incredible. Um, but their frequency at the rim was only 24% of the shots came at the rim, which is really, really low. Um, give them credit because Celtics only had 26% of the shots at the rim. But that's kind of how the Celtics normally play um, in just in normal games, they're 25th in the league in frequency at the rim, but 12th in accuracy. Um, and that's kind of just like personnel wise, like they have guys like, um, like Robert Williams and Tice and Thompson who are live around there. But then they have guys like Kemba Walker who doesn't get to the rim that much. Um, Jason Tatum, like Jalen Brown, they, they're good. They can get to the rim, but that's not like the, like the main part of their game. Um, so that's kind of why that's lower when your top three primary ball handlers don't really get to the rim. And then off the bench, you have like Pritchard and Teague and like and those guys aren't getting in the rim um and then you're like Ojale like he's you know Javante Green like those types of guys um that's kind of why that was Wizards just took a ton of mid-range jump shots they took 40% of the shots from the mid-range and they didn't hit them they're 13 to 23 from um in floater range which is really good 5 for 15 in mid-range and then 8 for 26 and above the break threes you're usually not going to win games with those shot charts you need to get to the rim more and the Wizards um, they got to the free throw line actually a pretty decent amount. They got there 29 times, which is really, really good. So that kind of says like, yeah, they were attacking the rim at times, um, but you you just need to do it more. Um, their free throw rate was super high. Um, but and that was because that's because Beal's just like straight up so good at getting through him and drawing contact. You just need to do more of it. Um, that's like kind of been part of the, a lot of the turning point in the Wizards' past success has just been being able to get to the rim so much more than they have before and just being smarter with their shot selection. Um, and they weren't like, it, it wasn't the same in this game. Um, the Celtics defense just going big. Uh, so they started like here, here were the Celtics starters. Um, they had, uh, Tristan Thompson playing at the four and Daniel Tice at the five. They had Javante Green at the two, who's, you know, he's pretty built. He's pretty big. And Jason Tatum at the three, like that's a pretty big lineup. Um, and then off the bench, um, here are the guys that got minutes. 
um, Semi Ojale, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, uh, Jeff Teague, and Payne Pritchard. So outside of Teague and Pritchard, like those are two power forwards and a center. Um, and then you have two other centers. So you're playing three centers and one, two, like two power forwards in your rotation. That's that's a lot of big people. Um, and then you're playing Javante Green, who's basically like he's more built like a three. Um, you know, that's a pretty big lineup. Um, but you got to attack them. Like I don't, they shouldn't be able to move with you on the perimeter where they can stay in front of you and prevent you from getting to the rim. If anything, that should be a benefit. Um, looking at the Celtics shot chart, they're 14 to 20 at the rim, but again, that's not really the game. Um, 12 of 27 from floater range, which is not very good. That's only 44%. Like that's about league average, but that doesn't drive efficient offense. Six or 12 from mid range and eight for 22 from above the break three. So nothing about the Celtics shot chart screams that like they had efficient enough offense to win the game and they didn't. Their offense rating was only 107.8, which is not very good. Like the Wizards could have won that game. Um, they really should have won that game. They had, they were in position to win that game. Bradley Beal was absolutely insane all game long. And they didn't win. Um, just something else um, I just thought about. Um, so if you just look at Bradley Beal, um, Russell Westbrook, and um, Davis, Davis Bertans. Um, so Beal scored 46. Westbrook scored 24. Bertans scored 20. Um, just doing some simple addition here. I believe that adds up to 90 points, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so those three guys combined for 90 points out of 110. So out of the other 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, so... <laughs> Out of the eight guys that played that were not named Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, or Davis Bertans, those guys combined to score 20 points? Um, that's not very good. <laughs> if you have three guys scoring, combining for 90 points, um, you should probably win that game. Uh, so Neto, like, didn't get, like, none of these guys really scored much. Um, and then if you throw Lopez in there, uh, four guys combined for 100 points, and then the other seven guys combined for 10. Um you just need more scoring. Uh, you just need more than just Bradley Beal. And Westbrook is a big part of that. Westbrook may have scored points, but he did not get anything for anyone else, which is usually his best skill, which is what I've talked about on this podcast all the time. I love the way that Westbrook can create for others. He didn't do enough of that tonight. Um, and he was way too turnover prone. He, he just needs to be able to get into the lane and create for others, which is what he does so well. But if he doesn't attack, then it's not going to happen. Um, this is another classic Russell Westbrook um, know who you are game like he was four for five at the rim how can you not get there more you you got there five times and you finished four um and you only had four free throws like you come on now like he was four seven from floor range why is he shooting five mid-range jump shots like why he was one for five he can't shoot in the mid-range he sucks at mid-range jump shots he was over three from above the break threes why are you shooting those you can't shoot i cannot stress enough that russell westbrook is awesome at finishing at the rim and he's awesome at getting to the rim and kicking out to teammates and he's awesome at creating when he's attacking the rim but he can't shoot for mid-range he sucks at mid-range jump shots he sucks at threes why does he shoot them it doesn't make sense it like boggles my mind um i want to look at the updated russell westbrook shooting stats um, super, super quick, um, because I love looking at Russell Westbrook shooting stats because they're, they're insane. Um, he's still really low for mid range, um, 37, 38% in the 33rd percentile, um, all mid rangers. He's in the 31st percentile and at the rim, he's 62% in the 64th percentile. Um, from three, he shoots 26%. He's in the 11th percentile. Why is he shooting anything but shots at the rim? Like if you shoot a few mid, a couple mid range shots and maybe one wide open three a game, that's fine. But if you're shooting five mid-range shots and like four threes, that's way too much. He shot five threes tonight. He was one for five. Like he can't shoot. Come on now. Um, I guess I also want to talk about Jason Tatum. Like he always has super interesting shot charts. He was two for two at the rim, six of seven from floater range, and then three of 10 from three. Um, Tatum's fun to watch. Like he's really, really, really good. 
Um, I think that he needs to add more of a finishing package around the rim, but his last two layups were insane. Like, I don't know why he doesn't do that for the rest of the game because he is so big. Um, he's such a threat to shoot. He can handle the ball really, really well. Um, he should be a better finisher at the rim and he should get there more often. Um, and that's kind of going to be part of the next steps to unlocking his game and that along, like obviously with his playmaking, but he's so good defensively. Like he's interesting. Like, I don't know. He could be like a top five player in the league in a few years and it wouldn't be very surprising. I think he might be on that trajectory. Like he is really, really good. Um, I guess I do. I guess I got to go through, um, some of my notes and we're already 22 minutes in. Yeah. So I'll do that. And then, um, I'll get you. Oh, no. Actually, before I do that, I have to talk about, um, I haven't talked about how Taco Fall didn't play at all. And, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I haven't talked about how um, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown didn't play. Um, first of all, Marcus Smart is so insanely important to this team. I cannot stress enough how important Marcus Smart is to the Celtics winning basketball games. Like people are talking about, oh, the Celtics are struggling, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm, I'm telling you that they're struggling because they don't have Marcus Smart. Like Marcus Smart is so, so, so good at helping his team win basketball games. He is the best defensive guard in the league. He can dribble the ball. He can create shots for others. He can run a second unit, which the Celtics are really struggling with right now. Um, and he can shoot. He makes some boneheaded plays on offense, and he hustles, and he sets the top. Like, Marcus Smart is so important for winning basketball. Um, he's so underrated in this league. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Um, and the Celtics really, really need him. Like, they just do. Like, and especially a team that really, really lacks depth. Like, their six man is like, Peyton Pritchard or Jeff Teague or Robert Williams or Grant Williams or Sammy Ojale, like they and then they they started Javante Green. They are seriously seriously lacking in depth. And Marcus Smart is an awesome player, and like missing him is ginormous. Uh, it's really really under talked about. And when people talk about the Celtics struggles, but they're also missing Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's an All Star. Like he's awesome. He's like clearly a top ten wing in this league. And at, like he's a top ten player at the most coveted position in the league. He can create shots. He really, really, really defends. So missing your, like, your two best on-ball defenders, <laughs> that's going to hurt your defense. Um, that's part of the reason why Bradley Beal scored so many points. Like They didn't really have anyone to defend. Also, the pick-and-roll scheme wasn't great because they have two centers out there, so it's really hard to create a good pick-and-roll scheme. Um, but missing those two guys is a huge reason. If the Celtics had those two guys, it's this wouldn't have really been a game. Like, let's be honest. Um, but again, you can only play the team that, that the other team puts out there. I've said that like 10 episodes in a row. Um, but that that's just the reality of what this is. Uh, I also got to talk about how bad that third quarter was. The score of the third quarter was 21 and 19. Like, I don't know what the heck was going on. Like, those teams just looked awful out there in that quarter. Um, that was really, really weird. Um, so that's my Marcus Smart is awesome rant. Um, yeah, so... Hmm. Oh, yeah. So on the Celtics, uh, double drag, double screen actions, whatever you want to call them, um, the Wizards were hedging um, the first screen. And I like when they do that um, because that really just throws a wrench in the Celtics plans to run a double screen. Uh, it's hard to play against. The Celtics uh, a lot of times counter with the first screener after the hedge, setting a step up screen um, on the guy that just hedged and then having Kemba, ta Kemba Walker tack downhill, um, which is a good counter because they see that all the time. But I, I like Scott Brooks um, running that. Um, and then like... Just right off the bat, the Wizards were down 7-0. They ran an ATO, uh, which was Knicks action. Uh, the ball ended up going out of bounds, but they love running that Knicks action, especially like in after-timeout situations. A lot of time, like at the beginning of a half, they usually do that, but they didn't do that in this game. Um, the Wizards ran one stack pick-and-roll um, with Bradley Beal setting the screen for the screener, um, and it was awesome, and Russell Westbrook got to the free throw line. Um, he had a really good take of the basket. It was a great play, and the Wizards only ran it once. I wish they ran that like five times a game. Um, I wrote like, oh my God, Westbrook was so bad defensively. Guys were blowing by him all the time. He wasn't rotating from the weak side. He was terrible defensively, like all game long. I wrote that in the first quarter that he was awful. And he continued that throughout the whole entire game. 
Um, oh yeah, the uh, the announcers made this comment about like Scott Brooks having his identity stolen and getting a root canal in like the past week. I don't know if it was the past week or the past year, but I don't know what the heck that was about. I thought I had to mention it here if anyone is listening this uh, late into the podcast. Um, yeah, I wrote about like the Celtics uh, ran this one play. It was just an empty side pick and roll, um, side pick and roll with Kemba Walker and Time Lord. Um, hard to stop, but Len just had to be better in that like low cat, cat and mouse um, pick and roll defense. Um, just had to drop earlier to prevent the the lob. Um, Celtics ran this one stack pick and roll with a weak side hammer. Um, they got a wide open three. It was an awesome play design. Uh, I don't remember who got the three. It was either Ojale or Green, which is not really who you want shooting three, but it was an awesome play design. The It just didn't go in. Um, I remember talked about the how brutal Westbrook lineups are. Um, Celtics' bigger lineups. Yeah, Celtics' bigger lineups are getting a ton of offensive rebounds. Um, just to go through, like, Thompson had six offensive rebounds. Daniel Tice had three offensive rebounds. Robert Williams had two offensive rebounds. That's a lot of second chances, um, and those types of things can swing games. Um, and if you're playing, if the other team's playing bigger lineups, you really need to expose their foot speed. And early in the game for the first three quarters, the Wizards weren't doing that enough. They did a much, much better job of that in the fourth quarter, um, which I may or may not get to in these notes. Um, I wrote about, like, Rui's the, Rui, um, the Wizards think he's switchable. I don't think he can switch on the perimeter. Like, he can't stay in front of anyone. His foot speed is an issue. Like, his technique on just, like, fundamentally guarding guys on the perimeter is not good. Um, so he definitely needs to work on that. He's still, like, he got to the game late. He's athletic. In theory, he should be able to move better laterally, but he just can't at this point in time. Um, so I just went 2-3 zone a lot. Uh, Wizards didn't really have any set plays to attack it. They don't really have anyone that can pass out of the high post, which makes it hard to go against 2-3 um, zones like that. Um, oh, yeah, at one point, Beal was just killing the Celtics in transition. That was fun to watch. Um, coming out of the second half, um, Celtics pick and roll coverage against Beal was just weaking him or weak and drop. Um, and that was interesting, but Beal is too good because if you weak and you drop the big, Beal can just attack the big um, on the drop, and he's really he's gotten a, good at that. Um, Celtics were also throwing like at the level and containing him. Um, they're throwing a bunch of different coverages, um, so it's really fun to watch Brad Stevens coach because he has so many tricks in his bag. Like he, his teams like know so many things. He can throw so many coverages at people, and he can run so many plays offensively that are creative. Like he's he's fun to watch. Um, he definitely was fun to watch tonight. Um, I talked about Bonga, how awesome he was. Um, Wizards ran one time uh, spread pick and roll with Kemba Walker on the weak side, and they got a wide open like layup out of it, um, because Kemba Walker was the one that had to pull over and help on um, I think it was Robin Lopez, and so Kemba Walker ended up guarding Robin Lopez like right under the basket, and he had no chance. I don't know why the Wizards didn't do that every single play, um, just attack the fact that Kemba Walker's on the floor and make him help or make them adjust, um, and they didn't. They only ran that once, so that was disappointing. Um, Eric Bonga needs to play more Bongas all over the place. <laughs> I ran. I took like five notes in a row with Bonga. Um, oh, Wizards ran a double drag into a double pin down, and Breton's got a wide open three. Um, that's a classic Nick Nurse play. Um, well, that's the person I've seen to do it the most, and I think that's an awesome play. I think the Wizards should run that more. I love when teams steal uh, plays from other teams, and they work really well. Um, but the play after that, the Celtics ran a roll rise with Tatum on the weak side, and they got an open layup. Um, that was a really good play concept because guarding Tatum on the weak side, you already don't want to help, but especially when he's rising and you're in the weak side corner, that makes it super, super hard for your help responsibility. Um, I talked about, like, at one point, Tice made three 18-foot mid-range jump shots, and Drew Gooden was saying that you need to do something to stop it. Like, I would say no. Um, just, like, if they if he makes a bunch of those shots, he's probably shooting, like, 35% on those shots if I had to take a random guess. Um, so if he makes three in a row, that's going to happen. You just got to, like, if he beats you with that, then you got to live um, just at the end of the day. Um, Celtics not trying to like, use Beal, use the screens. 
Um, but Lopez, like Celtics at the end of the game, didn't want Beal to use any ball screens, but Lopez and Beal kind of have a pretty good thing going where they, um, Beal kind of backs it out and Lopez changes the angle of the screen and then Beal can use the screen. Um, and Lopez has gotten really good at that. Beal's gotten really good at that. Um, that's a good skill to have in your bag, especially when you get late in games and teams really start to key in on defensive possessions. Um, and yeah, I talked about how like <laughs> the Celtics didn't care at all late in that game. They're just letting the Wizards go four on three on the weak side without just take Beal out of the game. Um, and that's all I got. The Wizards' next game, I believe, is on Tuesday against the Memphis Grizzlies. And that's going to be super, super fun. I'm super excited to watch John Moran play this Wizards team. Um, and yeah, I love Desmond Bain. I'm excited to watch him. I love Xavier Tillman. I'm excited to watch him. Um, and I think Justice Winslow's back. I hope he plays in this game. Um, so it's going to be a fun game. The Timberwolves, or the Grizzlies aren't a great team. They're good defensively. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see if the Wizards can get back on track, uh, 13 to nine right now. Um, and that's all I got. Um, hopefully you join us out of podcast coming out, uh, that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Wizards Pod. I'll see you next time.